Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. In today's episode, I talk with Michelle Byrne. Michelle and I met through Synapse, which is a networking organization that connects businesses and nonprofits to foster community and economic development. When she and I first got on a call, it was to talk about who we could introduce each other to. I didn't even know she had a story that would be good for the show. And then as we chatted, it came up. The timing was perfect. See how that works? To publish her episode during October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I don't want to spoil the story, but to give you a little hint of what we're covering today, Michelle kicked cancer's butt and went on to become Mrs. Texas International while she was wearing a wig. She's currently the VP of Strategic Development at One Share Health. And she lives with her husband in Dallas, Texas, where they have a zoo of two kids, three dogs, two cats, a rabbit, and 20 chickens. Quick reminder, for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is a Four-Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. When you're asking yourself, what's next for me? Who am I now in this next season of life? And where do I even start figuring out my purpose? The fuck being fine experience is here for you. The next group starts in just a couple weeks, or there's the private client program. Let me take you from doing just fine and lead you to a place of unprecedented passion, clarity, and peace. I'd love to chat with you about the steps to finding the courage to do what you know you need to do. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more or to schedule a complimentary call. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Michelle Burnt. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Lori. So good to be here. I'm so happy to have you here and to share your story with the world. Yes, yes. I even wore a little bit of pink to support Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. Perfect. I am not wearing pink, but that's okay. Uh, Yeah, let's start out with the question that I love starting all of my conversations with, which is, what were the the values and beliefs that you were brought up with that contributed to to who you became as as a young adult? Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, Lori, I think it's what drew me to your podcast. Um, We always grew up that that fine is not okay um, and never to embrace fine. Um, to go from fine to great. And how do you go from good to great? And if you notice, the four-letter words are good, fine, okay. They're all four-letter words, but great's five letters. And so, you know, we we always talked about how do you take your life and your love um, 
and your passion to the next level. And that's that's just how we were raised. And it kind of created a competitive side to us, which is good. You know, competition's healthy if you do it the right way. So my brother and I were seven years apart, but we both were raised like that. We're just very passionate about absolutely everything we do. Mm. And fantastic is nine letters. So right? we can get so even notice, bigger. Right? And, and it coincidence, maybe not, that they get maybe. bigger, the better life is. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. So was it just you and your brother as siblings? Did you have more? No, just my brother and I, and we were seven years apart. So a lot of times he would act like my dad. So it's like I had a mom and two dads. Um, Hmm. So, but it it was, when he graduated, it was kind of like I was an only child, but I grew up in Iowa, um, out in the middle of a cornfield. And then, um, so did my husband, he grew up in Iowa. And when he graduated chiropractic school um, 10 years ago, we said, let's move to Texas. Let's go to the sunshine. So we literally moved here for the weather. Just randomly chose Texas because there are other yes. states that have sunshine. I know, I know. But we were like, let's go where there's, you know, if we're going to raise a family that there's tons of stuff to do, there's sunshine. And I literally have a t-shirt that says, I wasn't born here, but I couldn't get here quick enough. And it's it's true. Like we we are so Texan. We love it. Wow. Okay. So that was one of the the beliefs that you were raised with that did that serve you in a good way or because because there could be two sides to that of, you know, the keeping you always striving to do better. And at the same time, it could also have that other side to it where nothing is good enough. Yeah. And it has to be a balance because I'm also OCD. I'm a perfectionist. And maybe that could have contributed to a little bit of that. But as long as you have a healthy concept of, of what great means, it works. And that does take time to obtain. Um, But it even carried over to my management corporate world because I've always managed a team. And I always teach them, do not settle. You know, some people don't want to move up in management and that's okay, but that does not mean you can't excel in your current position and be the best at it. And so it's, it's worked well for me, but you're so right, Lori, like you, you can't let it take over your life. Um, It's okay to be fine as long as you're really great at being fine, right? Like, I think there's tiers and levels of everything. And I'm just a firm believer, don't don't settle. You you were meant for more on the world. And have you even determined what that is, right? Like, do you know your purpose and are you trying to go after? Exactly. Yeah. And everybody has to define what their purpose is for themselves. So when we talk about not settling for being fine, that doesn't mean you can't be content. Yes, that's a big difference. Yeah. That means you you're always growing because growth is part of life. Yep. I'm sure you've heard, you know, if you're not growing, you're either growing or dying. It's, yeah. Pick one. Yeah. I love that. And to be honest, I am 40 years old and I did not realize um, that myself until I went through breast cancer, right? Um, I don't think I truly knew my purpose until your life flashes before your eyes and it, you go through a wake up call in life. And that wake up call can be very different for everyone. It could be, you lost a really big job. It could be a divorce. It could be heaven forbid, there's a death in the family. It could be, you're going through a chronic illness. Um, there, there's several things. It could just be self-esteem or abusive relationship, but There are things that happen in your life that bring you to your knees and it's a reality check and God strategically plans those. I'm a firm believer of that. And mine, I believe that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mine woke me up and yes. I look like totally different now. So let's get into that story because part of the reason we're we're doing your episode and publishing it in October is because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And you were going along in life. Everything was fine. Maybe it was better than fine <laughs> since that's what you you were taught to strive for. And then what happened? Yeah, it. <clears throat> the first thing I'll tell you is cancer does not discriminate. It does not care your gender, your weight, how healthy you are, your ethnicity, it, your age. It will come knocking. And I was one of those dum-dums that thought, oh, it'll never happen to me because I'm so healthy. I'm a fourth generation stage three breast cancer survivor. So my great-grandmother and my grandmother passed from breast cancer. My mom and I went through it two years apart. And I have a daughter and we carry the BRCA2 gene. So for me, the journey is far from over. But I remember watching my mom go through breast cancer and thinking, I am so sad this is happening to her, but I am so glad it will never happen to me. And at that time I was pregnant um, with my son and my OBGYN said, you should get tested for the gene. It sounds like it runs in your family. And I'm like, oh, it definitely does. Well, lo and behold, um, my mom had the gene, so I got tested and I had the gene. So this part is very similar to the celebrity actress, Angelina Jolie. Her mom had breast cancer. She got tested for the gene and she wanted to be proactive. So she scheduled a preventive bilateral mastectomy. So did I. I thought I was conquering the world. Like I'm never going to get cancer. I'm going to be proactive, take control of my life. We scheduled the surgery. Well, a month, well, two months before the surgery, um, at Christmas, I was showering and I found a lump on the left side and I'm like, well, what the heck is this? That literally was not there yesterday. Doctors told me I probably had the pre-surgery jitters. Not only was it cancer, it was invasive and it was starting to spread. So I went from taking wow. charge of my life as women are taught to do to, oh my gosh, my life's falling apart. The world's going to end, right? Um, so I ended up having mm -hmm. a lumpectomy a bilateral mastectomy, chemo, radiation, and a hysterectomy all in one year. And honestly, it was and the year an from infant. Up. Yes. And you, and you had an infant. Yeah, a three-year-old and a brand new baby. And it it was a year from hell, I'm not gonna lie. Wow. What what did you do to get through that in terms of protect protecting uh in, for your mental health? Yeah. 100% so important. <laughs> My doctors, and these are medical doctors, literally said, obviously, Michelle, medicine's playing a role in your healing, right? No one can deny that. It's why chemo exists. But 100% your positive attitude is the reason you are healing and doing so well. Like literally medical doctors, my oncologist, my breast surgeon, um, my, my gyno, all three of my doctors told me that. And I just was like, it's a mentality. I don't get me wrong. I had days where I wanted to scream. I cried. I was mad at the world. That is okay. It's okay not to be okay. But it's how yes, you deal. That's with part of being human is to recognize yes. those emotions, to feel them, to allow them. And you have to feel them. Yep. But it's what you do with them. So I chose to pick up the pieces and keep trekking forward once I had my temper tantrum. And I just to chose to be positive. Um, I actually had the weirdest thing happen when I was going through cancer. The day after I was diagnosed, Baylor Dallas, the huge medical facility, 
contacted me and said, we, we have a favor to ask. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, we want to film a documentary on your journey. And this is the day after I'm diagnosed. Like I haven't even comprehended what I'm going through. And I'm like, I, I don't know about all that. And they're like, well, think on it. And I'm like, well, what does that entail? And they're like, well, we'll follow you everywhere. I'm like everywhere. And they're like everywhere, but the restroom. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I just wow. I don't know. How did yeah. they find you? So my breast surgeon, all my doctors were Baylor and they they were looking for a younger person because I was 30 at the time. Um, they wanted to see what it's, what happens behind the scenes, right? Cause nothing can compare you, um, prepare you for cancer. And so they wanted to see a younger person going through it, what it's like for them. They just wanted to show reality. I loved the concept. I just wasn't sure if I was ready for it. So fast forward, next morning I wake up, couldn't sleep all night. I was staring at the ceiling. My husband's like, what's going through your head? I'm like, what do I do? He goes, Michelle, you have two choices. It is okay to say no, but it's also great to say yes, because every chance you share your story, you have the chance to save a life. And there is a reason that they're asking you because you have a very loud voice that is effective for those around you. And you can be the voice for those that can't. And I'm like, you're right. And so we said yes. And they were with me the entire year. They became like family. Those cameras followed us everywhere except for the restroom. In They were in your house. Yep. Work, house, surgery. Like when my bed went through the surgery doors, then they stopped. But... It, it was so good. Um, when they aired the documentary, and it's Dallas Hope, anybody can Google it. When they aired it nationwide, they the younger population just gravitated towards it because there are so many, unfortunately, young people, including kids, going through cancer, and you just don't know what they go through. And so this this was so necessary. So how far, how long after you, how long after they filmed everything did it air? Um, I, I was just halfway through treatment when they started airing it. It was four different episodes. So it was a series. And the crazy part was at the end of the treatment, they stopped filming it and people freaked out. They're like, did she die or did she live? People didn't know because they started following my journey. So they had to go back and do an epilogue to show Michelle's okay. She's alive. She's thriving. It really was um, therapeutic to share my story. Um, one thing I learned is when when you go through a hard time in life, sometimes that hard time isn't for you, it's for others to benefit. So you may not know why mm-hmm. it's happening to you, you may never know, but you have to be rest assured that someone else is learning from your experience. And you are too, you just may not realize it till later. And I always tell people when I public speak, there are two lives when you go through cancer or really any hardship in life. There's the first life that your parents gave you. And there's the second life that God gave you. And the second life is so much better than the first. It's, it's a rude awakening. You went through a lot to get there, but that's when you thrive. And notice thrive is not a four letter word either. So there's all these things you have to Correct. get to, to to get to these five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 letter words. Yeah, you know, I think that's the truth for whether you're going through a hardship like cancer treatment or, or you know, a health, something that is brought on to you or, you know, something that you don't choose and also something that you do choose. It, it doesn't matter what it is. 
and that there's this, you know, a lot of my listeners are in their, their mid forties, fifties, that time when that's been dubbed midlife. I'm not a fan of that term, but let's just go with it. That (laughs) there is that time before when you are, let's say before 40 or before some kind of something happens. And then there's that time after where you go, okay, I'm going to take control now. I've been living by somebody else's rules, and now I'm going to live by my own rules. Yep. Those two, yeah, and that it's, division. It all comes back to mental, right? Like for those of you listening, I know you're going through a hard time. Everyone in the nation is. There's just different levels of what that hardship looks like, and it doesn't make yours any less important than others, right? But you too sure. have a light at the end of the tunnel. And I know sometimes if I've been there, it feels like you have no control over your life. You have no say in anything, but you do there. You just have to find the silver lining. And the one thing you can control is your attitude and your attitude affects every single part of your body. And here's a good example. When I was done with cancer, everyone's like, Oh goodness. Oh, thank gosh. It's done. Bless your heart. Okay. Just now you relax, you chill, you just stay low. Don't do anything. And I'm like, I just kicked cancer's ass. I want to conquer the world. Right. And people thought, no, that's not what you should do right now, but they don't control your mood and your attitude. So I decided to run in a pageant and ended up winning Mrs. Texas wearing a wig. I was literally bald underneath from treatment and I had scars all over my belly and my hips from my hysterectomy. I controlled my future. That's crazy. I love it. Yep. Yes. You, yes, you took control. So what was that like going through that pro the pageant process? Had you been in pageants before this? I had, um, I started competing in pageants my freshman year in college. Um, back, I ran for Miss Iowa was first runner up, second runner up, third runner up. So I never made it to, um, Miss America. And then we moved to Texas and literally Texas is like a pageant state. Like people are born out of the womb with crowns. Yes. And people are like, oh, you're from Iowa. Like, this is this is hardcore. And I'm like, bring it. Like, are you are you for real right now? No one tells us farm girls what we can and cannot do. And so I started competing, <laughs> placed a couple times, but I just had this second chance at life. And it creates this fire in you, like good luck taking it out, right? And I was born two minutes before the 4th of July. So I'm a firecracker. And so I just was like, bring it on. And I wanted, um, you know, when you run in pageantry, you have a platform and obviously mine was breast cancer. And I just knew I need to share this story. I don't need the crown to do so, but gosh, it would be nice. And it was interesting. We put band-aids on, the swimsuit covered my hysterectomy scars. We literally had a fan backstage because when you go through treatment, the hot flashes, I mean, it's just, you sweat profusely. And so I'm like, <gasps> I've heard that mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Um, and I had wigs and it, it was insane, but the amount of support from the women around me were, was just such a blessing and an honor to compete with them. And so when I won, um, then it was like, okay, go, go, go get ready for nationals. And then I ended up placing top 10 out of 72. So it, it was just awesome. I'm that year as Mrs. Texas, I made over a hundred appearances with breast cancer. Wow. That is such a, a great story. And it's kind of a testament to that's what you were supposed to do 
because all of those events unfolded in that way. Yeah. And you know, some people can say, I just had a really hard life. Um, and some people look at me and they're like, oh, she has a beautiful home, a beautiful family. She's a vice president of her company. She was Mrs. Texas. I've had blood, sweat, and tears to get here. And I've lost several jobs. Mm -hmm. um, I've had several deaths in the family. I've watched, I'm fourth generation to go through cancer. Um, do people have it worse than me? Absolutely. Do people have it better than me? Absolutely. Um, but I chose not to settle. I chose to take my hardships and take me to the next level personally and professionally. And for me, it worked. Yeah, and it's really about taking what you have in front of you and working with that. And you know, yes. that's part of what we do in my program in the Fuck Being Fine experience. We talk a lot about gratitude. That's one of the one of the pieces of the trilogy for success part, because you can have all the let's luck you know, if, if you believe in luck in whatever form, there's plenty of different definitions of that, but, but it's that piece of gratitude, which I, you didn't mention, but I'm pretty sure you had a significant amount of gratitude running through your veins in addition to the chemo. And that is yeah. what, what kept you moving forward as well. Yeah. Faith, gratitude, um, it, my faith and attitude were everything, right? And I am so thankful to God. Yeah. You know, there were there were some hard times. Like there, uh, when I when I made it through it, and I did my hundred appearances. Um, sadly enough, there were a ton of cancer people I met that ended up dying during my year of Mrs. Texas, and it was so hard, Lori, because sometimes I would come home and I would say to my mom or my husband, "Why do I get to live, but they don't?" Like that that is a question mm -hmm. no one can answer, but. Christ, right? But I wanted answers. The I survivor just guilt. Yes. And I just, I was getting so mad and it's, I was making all these friends, but then losing them. And it's just, it was so hard. Um, but there's just a reason for everything and survivors need to be celebrated too. I, I felt bad surviving what I went through, um, and celebrating it because so many people were losing their lives but survivors get to celebrate too. There is a reason you made it through it and you need to take that and run with it. There is a reason you got a chance at Second Life and I think that's where all my passion and energy comes from because I'm thankful to be here and you have to be grateful for what you have. Trust me, before this happened 10 years ago, almost 10 years, I'll be a 10-year survivor in February, I compared myself to everyone. Like any young person does, right? Like... I was like, I want that. And I want to be that. Oh, I wish I had that. Now there's nothing to compare because everybody, no matter how good it looks they have, there's stuff behind closed doors you don't know about. There's things they're dealing with internally. Nobody has it perfect. And you have to remember that. I know it's hard, but guys, try not to compare yourself to other people because you have no clue what they're going through. Exactly. We never know. And unless somebody chooses to share it with you, everybody has their stuff because we're human. So everybody has their stuff, whether they're sharing it out on social media or they're only projecting the, the good stuff that they want you to see. That's just how we go through life as humans, right? So everybody has something and right, it's not a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. No. It's just no, it's a, do, your it's own, a do your own thing, follow your own path. Yes, I totally agree. It's not a competition. It's survival of the fittest. 
And you cannot survive life without the correct mentality and something in here. And it starts in your heart. Yeah, and I, I'm going to push life. back on the survivor of the fittest thing, though. I, I don't really? look at life as a as a competition and survival of the fittest. It's more a collaboration and how can we help and support each other to not only, like you said, not only to survive, but to also to thrive. Because if cause sur- surviving is living in that fine place, everything's fine, but your soul right. isn't growing. Your soul isn't uh, flourishing. That's no, that's where the a, thriving that's a really part comes point. in. No, that's a really good point. When I think of survival of the fittest, it takes a village, right? Like I didn't get through cancer on my own and no one gets through a divorce on their own and no one gets through losing a job on their own. Um, it's, it's the village around you. It's who you surround yourself with. And don't ever try to right. get through something alone because you weren't meant to, right? You, you have to call on your loved ones. And so when I think of survival of the fittest, it's, you know, who you surround yourself with and who is your village to make you strong inside and outside. Got it. I like that. I like that redefinition of it. And yeah, where do you think that comes from that we as humans think that we can do everything alone and we, I got this. I don't know, to be honest, it, it is the weirdest thing that people are scared to ask for help. Um, and I was mm-hmm. in the beginning, um, I also think that us women, it is okay. I like it. Um, we think we're Wonder Women, right? Well, we we secretly are, but mm-hmm. sh- um, but you know well, you, we are, and at the same time. But even Wonder Woman had help, right? Like watch all the movies, y'all. They're great, and she has help too. So no one does anything alone. There's no superhero that acts alone. So I think that's one thing to remember. But you just can't you can't be shy to ask for help and. One thing I also, when I public speak, I talk about is the caregivers. And it doesn't have to just be with cancer. Your caregivers are your village, right? And so your caregivers want to be there for you, but they don't know how. Like when people want to help you, it's such a weird spot for them because they don't know what to say or do. And they just want to be there for you. And so allow them to. Allow your loved ones to be there for you. They don't even have to do anything physically for you. They can just be there for you mentally and emotionally. But you weren't meant to get through hard times alone. You cannot be too scared to ask for help. We all need it. It's why there's millions of people on the planet. Right. And by allowing other people to help, you're giving them the gift of being able to use their skills, their knowledge, their their loving kindness in benefit of someone else. Yes, to- totally agree. It's, you have to lean on, like lean on me. That's such one of my favorite songs, right? Like we all have to lean on each other. Um, and that's what will make the world stronger. I don't want to get on a soapbox and do not want to get into politics, but we are in a horrible state right now as a nation. And there's so many, you know why? Because not only is there hate, people live in silos, in, in our jobs, in our life, in churches, like there's just too many silos and we have to break down these walls. We have to come together, love on each other a little bit more and lean on me, lean on each other. And if we can break some of these silos, the love just pours in over these walls. Yeah, it really comes back to recognizing that we are more alike than we are different and looking yes. for those commonalities. So, you know, you and I met through a networking event, a virtual networking event, but we, and we talk a lot about in 
the networking, when you're talking to people about networking and how to network effectively, it's about finding commonalities. I mean, yes. life is networking. Yeah. And it's about finding the commonalities. What do we have in common that we can talk about that we can start and build a relationship on and move forward yep. from there? And that's that's what more people would do better to do as a whole. Just Yeah. There know, was we, again I, I we're, I there are more similarities than differences. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the book, but I was reading a book that was talking about like when you're when you're on a corporate business trip or even on vacation and you're at a resort or you're at a business conference, the person next to you, you're one degree away from them being connected somehow. It could be literally you're related to them or you have some inner connection. And it's 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 so ironic, right? Like you're one degree away of being the closest person that that person has in their life. And so I'm, I'm that annoying person in the airport that talks to people that just want to be left alone because I, I love people. I just love loving on people, but I am a firm believer life is all about connections and, and it's who you know. And I don't mean moving up corporate wise. It's about having that support system in your life. And a lot of what I'm grateful for in life is because of those around me. Yes. Yes. And it's, it becomes kind of a game because I'm a little bit I don't want to say opposite of you, but I have always been some pretty much of an introvert. Like I'm not going to talk to everybody at the airport. Okay. So, (laughs) but if you came over and talked to me, I would talk to you, but I'm not going to necessarily initiate the conversation. Just saying at the same time, I, I think it's fun to meet new people and find out, oh, you know, so-and-so how does, how did that, that's so random. How do we both know that same person or how do we both you know, grow up in two towns away from each other or something like that. It it becomes this fun game. I remember when I was in college, I did a semester abroad and I was on a train with a couple of friends. I think we were in Germany and we started talking with another woman who was on the train who was American. And it turned out like her sister-in-law or something lived in the same town that I grew up in. And the woman ended yeah. up get she was older. She gave us, she gave us some money to go enjoy a nice treat at a a cafe. It was just completely random. We're like halfway across the world. Yeah. It, but it's so awesome. And that, happened, um, and that was before social media and it happens so way, way more now because the social media has made the world yeah. so much smaller. Yeah, absolutely. So I've worked in sales for gosh, almost 20 years now. And one thing, whenever I have um, sales reps or customer service reps, I train them and, and at first they get so annoyed by it. But then they appreciate it in the end. I tell them, don't you ever hang up that phone until you made a connection with that person. Where most people in sales say, don't you ever hang up that phone without selling something, right? I believe the sales come from the connection. So I tell them, trust me, trust me. There is a connection. Find it. Um, Get to know them. When you have rapport, the sales come automatically and the referrals and all that good stuff, right? But everybody is one degree away from a connection. And once they embrace it, they believe in it. It takes time, but it's so true. I don't care who you're talking to. When you're on the phone with someone, there is something you have in common. Find it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, it just makes it so much more fun. It makes life overall so much more fun. Yeah. Before we go, I I need to ask you, What's the song you listen to when you need to get hyped up? Like you're in baseball, there's the walk-up song. What's your hype song? 
Is it the one you already mentioned or is it something different? Nope, something different. I love um, Pitbull and Christina Aguilera's song. Feel this moment. Yes, it's so good. I love it. Sometimes we use it in pageantry. Sometimes I listen to it when I'm working out. It's just, I am a firm believer, feel this moment. Live in the moment. Time flies so quick. It flashes before your eyes. I've got a daughter now who's a freshman in high school and it seems like just yesterday she was three years old and I was going through cancer. Feel the moment, live in the moment. Even if it's a hard moment, embrace it. There's a reason it's happening. Such a good song and a good sentiment to go with it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. How, before we, one quick thing, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yep. Just find Michelle Burnt on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I post stuff all the time on there on behalf of the company I work for, which is OneShare Health. We provide affordable health care. Um, I post breast cancer stuff on there. You can also Google the documentary Dallas Hope that um, Baylor and Dallas filmed. Um, but would love to connect with you guys. But since it's October, I can't leave without saying go get your annual mammogram. Do not wait. Don't put it off. Go and do it just for me. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Here on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thanks, Lori. That is some journey. I can't imagine competing in a pageant in Texas of all places the same year you're going through such extensive cancer treatment. Oh, and with toddlers at home. Wow. Here are the key takeaways from today's conversation. Number one, don't settle for being mediocre or just fine. Do your best regardless of where you are. You don't always have to strive to be at the top of the heap if that's not what you want, but do your best in whatever position you have. Number two, there are things that happen in your life to bring you to your knees. We all go through situations in life that will be wake-up calls, reality checks. Believe God, the universe, your higher power, whatever you want to call it, has strategically planned them to help you reach your next level. Embrace those moments. Even when it feels like you have no control over your life, you have no say in anything. You do. You just have to find the silver lining. The one thing you can control is your attitude. And your attitude then affects every single part of your body. Number three, speaking of hardships, everyone has their own level of what hardship looks like. It's not a competition. Everyone has their stuff behind closed doors. No matter how good it looks from the outside, you don't know what the others are dealing with internally. Nobody has the mythological perfect life. Number four, Michelle's definition of survival of the fittest has to do with the people, the village you surround yourself with. Humans weren't meant to be loners. No one gets through life or life's challenges alone. Even Wonder Woman had help. It's the quality of your village that gives you strength. And number five, look for the commonalities and ways to connect. Silos don't serve anyone. We are more alike than we are different. If you'd like to connect with Michelle, you can find her on LinkedIn. 
You can also do an internet search for the Dallas Hope documentary about Michelle's journey that was filmed by Baylor Dallas. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that.